0: This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org.
1: Yeah, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I did. was wondering the whole time I was sitting there um, at the beginning, I'm not certain i got the right message. Uh, do you know, that's just quite, oh dear, when you're yeah. going to preach. <laughs> and then Mark set it up beautifully for me, because what I want to speak about is the trials of your faith. That's really what I want to speak about today. What do you do when your world caves in? Hmm? So many people think that they can, or rather perhaps they've been taught to feel that they can come to church and just be triumphant in it all, you know, put your arms in the air and just push through and do all that, but really we have to be very real in our trials. So I'm going to stand here today and I'm going to say this. I'm going to stand as a testimony to the fact that when my world caved in, he was savior then, yes. and he is still yeah. my savior still. right? But my prayer wasn't that when I was in the midst of the trials. That's coming out from it and looking back and seeing what we've just sung, his faithfulness yes. in it all. In the middle of it, I don't really get it. I couldn't understand why someone who said he loved me so much would let me go through what I was going through. And why he would let people I loved go through what they were going through. And it confused me. And it confuses us. Let's be perfectly honest. Deep trials confuse us. Mm. But this was my song. When I went through the trials, this was my song. And it's very different from I know him now. And Liana is going to sing it for us. I want you to hear it because this is what held me to the greatest test, I think, of my life. Liana Snucker. So, why do we have to go through them then? What's the whole purpose? Because, apart from it going to scripture, God loves it. God loves it. Job comes, Satan comes into God's presence and says, You know, where have you been? God says, He says, Oh, wandering the earth. And he says, I've seen my, son, my servant Job. Have a look at him. And Job says, he's all right, just because you've blessed him. Let me touch him. And God says, all right. So the trials of our faith, God allows. God allows it. But why? And this is important. If we don't know the why, when we're in the fight, when we're in the fire, we're confused. So the why is, Romans 8, 28, first verse. And I really don't want it to be down, you know, but it is, isn't it can it bit. Romans fire's is not happy. Right, Romans eight twenty eight. We all know it. Well known. We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, of being called according to his purpose. But it doesn't end there. Not only. Next verse. No, not coming up? Oh, yeah, there we go. For those God knew, he also predestined. Here's the purpose. To be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And it's hard to believe, isn't it, that you go through the fire to make you more like Jesus. That's the purpose of life. Purpose of our life is to become more Christ-like. And unfortunately for us, God has decided that trials are the greatest way, one, to make us more like Jesus, two, to get us to know him better, and three, to get rid of all those things that are in us that prevent it. And so we need the fire. Right, so why didn't God do something? And how are we then to behave in the midst of it? Well, according to James 1, 2, let's have a look at this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Is he mad? <laughs> is he totally insane? You know, we are not full of joy when we face trials and temptations. Do I look forward to the next fire? No, absolutely not. Will I not do a bit of complaining in the middle of it? Very probably not. Hmm? Do I believe somebody will walk inside the side of me? Will come to Shadrach, Michigan, and some of the time, part of the time. Well, I love my wobbles, but do I believe that after it, I'll see God more clearly? Yes, 100%. I believe that. And so, because you know that your testing of your faith produces perseverance, let perseverance finish his work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. You want the way to maturity? is the way of trials. Otherwise, we are immature. It's all about me. Immaturity makes it all about me. The most popular song at a funeral, apparently, now, is My Way. That's the most popular song to be played at a funeral. My Way. I did it. My Way. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) you would have preferred me singing that to Leanne. I wouldn't even Now, be honest. (laughs) I thought, better not. Better not. We won't go there. So, the why so that we are transformed into the image of Christ. And that's tough, isn't it? That's tough to accept. Why would somebody I love do that to me? But it's necessary because in it, that's actually where you find his love. We think we find his love in all his blessings, in everything that goes right for us. But you find his love in the midst of the trials. That's when you really test him as well as he is testing you. So let's go to Daniel 3. I'm going to start at Daniel 3. This is the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Let me set it up for you. It's part of the Babylonian captivity. Nebuchadnezzar has gone in and pillaged Jerusalem and taken people's s- slaves into Babylon. And when they go there, they choose all the brightest, the best educated, the most handsome, of the, the, and part of royalty to become into the household and then to be trained. So these boys have been trained in all the ways of Babylon. They've been educated like them. They look like them, they wear the same clothes as them, they sound like them, they speak their language, they've even had their names changed. So these are effectively, they look exactly like Babylonians. But there is one thing different about them, and Daniel, um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will not worship the gods there. So that sets them apart. And then what happens is Nebuchadnezzar, was a complete megalomaniac, builds a statue, Ninety foot high and nine foot wide. I was trying to measure. I was trying to visualise how high it was, and I couldn't think how high would that be? Was it three storey houses? I was trying to work higher than two, higher than three, three storey houses. It's supposed to be about there. Well, never mind. You know, you, you'll get the meaning of what I'm getting. that it. big. So it was there. This <laughs> statue, and it says it's a gold statue, but it's not. All gold, it's not solid gold, it's gold plate. I found that incredibly interesting. That this statue was only plated in gold. All idols are just plated and they yeah. they're not real, right? It ain't a genuine article. It's just plated in gold. And anything Satan holds in front of you and says, Look what you can have. Let me tell you now, this has happened to me before I was in the faith. You open the door and you look down at it and think, wow, what a vista is in front of me that I could walk down and have everything I want. And at the end, it's just ashes. Yeah. And that's what idols are like. It's only the surface that's good. Yeah. Going to it is just base metal. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> so, so that's how we start. And now Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego refuse to go and bow down to this idol. Can we have it up, please, from verse 13? Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the nudge of gold I've set up? Now, when you hear the sound of these instruments, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what god will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, Kim Negepidnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the god we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver it from your majesty's hand. There's faith, isn't it? So can we say that when the furnace is raging around us? God can get me out of this. We want to say it, don't we? God can get me out of this. (coughs) God can get me out of this. That's what we want to say. But, so how then? What are the means then of the furnace for us? And I looked at Job, and poor old Job. And I believe, now this is just me, my own personal opinion. I think Job is sort of symbolic of all men. That's not theology, that's just me. Because what he goes through is phenomenal, but it's really what all of us go through. These are the trials. So the first thing he went through, he lost his business. Job had lots of camels, it says, and he likened it to being a haulage company. (laughs) Yeah, That's what they reckoned it was like, a haulage company. So he was wealthy. Wealth gives you status. So, when his business fell, not only did he lose his wealth, but he also lost his status. Mm. Next, he lost his children. Now, you're really touching it, aren't you? Yeah. When he touches those things that are most precious to you. Yes. But that means you get emotionally. So, he attacks you financially and your status emotionally. Then, what happens is he gets sick. He comes really ill. So, he attacks you. Physically, right? Then they say that his neighbors, <coughs> his, the people he knew, wouldn't talk to him anymore. Uh, so he was a socially, he was affected. Yeah. Then he, his friends turn against him. They criticize him. They tell him, you must have done something wrong. It's the do good, get good, do bad, get bad complex, isn't it? They say that to him. So his friendships are called into question. His support system, if you like. And next, even his wife turns against him and says, curse God and die. You know, so he has relational problems. And I think that's a fair argument that if you saw anybody here, our fires come somewhere along all of those lines, isn't it? Right? Financial, status, social, physical, relational. That's really where he's going to burn us. Yeah. Yeah? And It hurts. It hurts. It really does hurt. And if we don't believe that God does that, then I want you to look at Jesus' words. Because I'm only quoting Job, which is the Old Testament. And we might think, some people think, well, you know, that's the Old Testament. I'm not certain that Satan did go to God and ask him. I'm not certain that God will allow it and all that. But we look at what Jesus says. Luke 22, 22, verse 31. Simon, Simon, (coughs) Satan has asked, to sift all of you as wheat. Right? But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Was of Jesus' word, sifting means shaking. Satan has asked to shake us. Shake us all. Right? And what happens with wheat is that what's not needed falls away and what's left is what you can use. And that's what Satan has asked to do with all of you. The you, it says you in some, but it's plural, you. So it doesn't just mean you, it means all of us. So that's what Satan wants to do with us all, right? So we have to be prepared. This way we can't be ignorant of his schemes, church. You know, he's got a plan, right? And he's going to carry it out. So that's, they were tested purely on their faith. And that was for them, the burning furnace, and it was an industrial furnace. Imagine the blast furnaces in Markham, and you're going to be chucked into one of them. <laughs> it ain't... This is a scary thought. This really happened. We were looking at fire pits with you. <laughs> what, what did this look like? So you look at the fire pits, you know? I mean, it's unbelievable that you would throw somebody in there. Do you know what? I'm sure it's happening today. Christians are having that happen to them today. The trial of their faith is if you don't bow down to what we are saying, then we're going to chop your heads off. Isn't it? We're going to kill family. There are people going through it today. So that's, We're not going through that at the moment. I think most of what we go through is the personal thing, isn't it? The personal. So that's the why. That's the how he does it. And every great man has been through the fire because the fire's got to burn some stuff off us. So you can't become great in the kingdom if you haven't been through the fire. And we don't understand that. But every one of them did. If you go back to look at it, all of them went through the fire from who was the first one I got um, Job. I mentioned him, I'm like (laughs) But there's, there's Job, Joseph, Moses. David, Daniel, Paul, Jesus. If you want to be great in the kingdom, I'm afraid it's going to take some of the fire to burn some stuff off us. And I know it's horrible, and I know it's not nice, and I know this message might be saying, well, this isn't very uplifting, <laughs> but it's necessary to know because when we're in it, and if you're not in it today, thank God. Thank God. But sooner or later... We're going to go through it. We all go through it in any of those five ways. We all go through it. So can I give you my own then? Let's let's make it a bit more personal. I'll share as much as I can about my own fires with you. First one lasted a long time. I was married to a non Christian husband. Keeping my faith was incredibly difficult. Mm-hmm. Because it was tried to be cut off at every point and I never could get somebody in mission telling me asking me for money because he wanted to go on a mission trip. And he turned to me and said, You see, you've no idea what it's like to live by faith. And I looked at him and I thought, if you only knew. All you've got to worry about is getting a bit of money to take you abroad. I've had to fight to get to this meeting. I had to fight every step of the way to keep my faith. And what the, do you remember know the word God gave me? Not very encouraging, really. Basically, I was a complainer because I was great. I was one of these who was great in church. No problems. Bentley's doors, all I did was moan to God. Uh, you know? And he said, Affliction, it was from the King James, affliction has opened your ears to my voice. And I now know in hindsight that I would never have heard God if Roger had just done what I said. Mm. Never have heard him. I would have been a nominal Christian probably, but I would never have fought to hear God. I would never have fought for my faith. Mm. I would never have had to dig deep to find out what God wanted me to do. So now looking back, I can say thank you, Lord. Mm. Because actually that was a blessing, but will you save him now? I'm still doing a bit the morning. (laughs) 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 <laughs> Still doing a bit of mourning, because I'm a mourner. <laughs> the next one was work. Loved working with the elderly. Loved it. And then I went, to, I went to another job. So I prayed. And I've given a verse from Jeremiah which says, if you leave here, this is encouraging, um, it'll be worse for you. Stay in the land, you'll find favour with the king, and I'll build you up, not tear you down. So I applied for job, I didn't go any further. few months later... They rang me up and offered me the job. So I prayed again, and I had the same word. And I told my friend, who was actually more qualified than me for it. And she said, I said, what are you talking about, I And mean, she said, the job doesn't exist. It's been taken off the market. And I thought, oh, right oh then. Well, maybe that was a test. So I held to it, and then we moved. And I had 10 years of what I can only describe as hell. Where I hated every minute of going to work. But I kept hold of the promise. I thought, right, oh, you promised, you will build me up, don't tear me down. And eventually, um, I was given the role of bed manager. And you know what? I'd have gone to work for nothing. So you see, God keeps his promises. God keeps his promises. Make it longer. I think I was in these things longer because I'm a mourner. I did a lot of complaining in work. Oh, not to them, on the outside. I'm sweetness a light. I'm one to God. But God sees all, doesn't he? But the next one was much different. It's very different. This was the hottest fire I've ever been in. And that was when Helen's baby died. And at this point, I, all my belief systems were thrown into array. It's not that I didn't believe God. But I didn't know how to put all that I knew of him into context. Mm. How could God do this? Yeah. How could he do this? And it lasted. And i never forget, at that time, we had taken um, some hampers to the young, young people's shelters in Netley the previous Christmas. And Andrea was working with the I uh, knew the woman, because she was working with her. And she said, is your church doing anything again for us? And Andrea told me, and I thought, oh, well, I've got to do it then. This was the following year. What well, I've got to do that then. So I collected some money, and um, I went out, Rachel and I, the week before Christmas, and I remember crying, because all I could buy were the cheapest gifts in order to have something to give them. And when I took uh, the, the, these gifts to one of the shelters, the girl in charge told me, I'm so glad you've come, because if you hadn't come, there's a girl here wouldn't even have had a Christmas card this year <laughs> it broke me completely and I remember crying on my city and hearing as clear as a bell not audible but inside if you have this much compassion Irene how much compassion do you think I have for you and it healed me I thought right that seeing God a little bit more clearly so now I knew he could help me keep my faith. I knew he'd keep his promises. And now I recognized his love. You see God clearer. The next one was a short, sharp one. I won't go into the details of it. I've been here four years, that should tell you enough. Mm -hmm. But when your reputation is raxed, when people are saying all sorts of things about you, when what you never thought could happen has happened, Right? You have to think, wow, what was that all about? But that fire was about me. It wasn't about anybody else. Part of what they said was true. And, in practic- and usually, we're a lot worse than people say we are in any case. Right? They didn't know me inside. Right? And when I came out from that, I said, I will never be the same again. It changed me inside in a way that nothing else has ever changed me. That is when the dross fell. And I'm not saying I'm the perfect Mm model, right? I'm not saying that in any way. But something happened inside me at that. That I said, I will never be that person again. I will change. And that's what that fire was about. Mm -hmm. So now I trust him because I know he can keep my faith. I trust him because I know he will keep his promises. I trust him Because I know his unfailing love of me is greater than my love of anybody else around. And I trust him now because I know I am not the same. He has changed me. And he gives you back, it says, the years the locusts have eaten. He'll give you back everything you thought you'd lost. That is my testimony of the fire. Mm -hmm. So that's why I can say don't fear the fire when it comes. Will you like it? No, absolutely not, you won't like it. You know, nobody looks forward to it. But it is there only to serve God's purpose in your life. (coughs) It is not to break you. The world says it'll make you or break you. God doesn't say that, God will break you and make you. But you have to be broken. We have to be broken. We have to be broken from a reliance on us more than anything else so that we can rely on God totally. With me? Right, next point. The heat of the fire. Seven times hotter. Can you put it up for us, Lee? It's 19 to 24. 24. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious, he's the furious again, he's <laughs> full of rage, this man, with <laughs> Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed. Now they were leaders, they were already leaders, all right, so so they were quite high, like Daniel, they were quite high in you know, the currency councillors, I suppose if you consider them high, and his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual. So this shows us an industrial furnace, like a blast furnace. Right, and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up shadrach Meshach, at Abednego. The yeah. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the furnace. Wow. <laughs> Seven times hotter. So obviously there are heat regulations on the furnace, God puts you, if you want to put it that way. Yeah. You know? That was a very hot furnace, you know? Not all furnaces will be that hot, right? But it's perfectly heated by God to suit you, right? Your furnace is your furnace. I can't judge you in your furnace because the heat of your furnace might kill me, right? But the heat of mine might kill you. Am I making sense? You know, because we look at people and I think, I don't know why they're complaining about that. Don't we? Don't we judge people like that? I don't know why they're moaning about that. So what? And then there are other things that people go through and and they sail through them and I think, I could never go through that. So your furnace is perfect for you, right? God doesn't give you anybody else's furnace to go into. The fire's heated at your level so that you can stand it, so that you can see in it, and so that you can come out of it unharmed better than when you went into it, right? You know, it says that some of us will get into heaven, it says, as by fire. I can imagine me getting in there, blowing the flames out as I go through, smelling like an old bonfire when I, when I arrive there, you know? But it's, it's perfectly suited to you. So you can't judge what anybody else is going through and say, well, they're moaning about nothing. Because for them, that might be a seven times hot furnace, isn't it? So, but you'll never be forsaken. Because Jesus, did that first come up? There was a fourth man in there. I think it's next. But Jesus says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Mm -hmm. And that's what keeps you in there. That above everything else is what you have to believe. Right? And that's the one thing Satan's going to try and do. He wouldn't do this to you if he loved you. It's the character of God that he'll call into question all the time. The character of God. But also, it says here that, you know, it makes an awful lot about what clothes they were wearing. And I did think, what's the purpose of that then? So let's go to Colossians and have a little look at Colossians 3. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. This is what the furnace is for. <laughs> Sexual immorality, no, no. Impurity, <laughs> lust evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. It doesn't mean much. Because of these, the wrath of God has come in. But this is but You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now, you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these. I don't think many of us would go to the first lot, would we? But these, anger, rage, malice, slander and filthy language from your lips. Anger and rage, we might have. Anger and rage, we might feel, isn't it? But if that's the clothes you're wearing, you know, when you go in the furnace, anger and rage, and here's what the furnace does. Do not, do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Does that make any sense at all to you? Yeah. So in other words, sometimes the clothes we wear are not the right clothes, are we? Yeah. Anger isn't really clothes you should be wearing. No. You know, rage, malice, you know, bad-mouthing people, thinking badly of people, evil talk about people, wrecking their reputations, causing them pain. Mm? That's not the, co- the, la- the coats that we wear. It's not the clothes. The clothes, and it says in, in the message, it says therefore, clothe yourself with Christ, mm-hmm. and wear love. It's your all-purpose garment. Isn't that lovely? Yeah. So that's the difference. So the clothes you wear, you know, is important to us, you know, and it's going to burn, burn off that dross, sifted, sifted, being sifted. Anybody being sifted at the moment? Nobody. Well, this is a wasted message. (laughs) Nobody's been sifted. Nobody's having anything to go through. No, I don't expect you to put your hands up. I don't expect that. Don't put your hands up. Mm -hmm. But there's something else we wear. And I'm going to read it from the message, because I love it. And I know lots of you don't like the message, (coughs) but I don't care. Um, It's Ephesians 6, and we all know what it is, don't we? It's the armor of God. This is what we should be wearing. I should have put a bit of paper in here. Shouldn't I, to Show sure, no, when I can't find Ephesians, 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 Colossians before Colossians, Ephesians, flip before Colossians, <laughs> Ephesians, Ephesians six. There we go. A little bit in the message. It starts with it's a fight to the finish. He says, and that about wraps it up. God is strong, and He wants you strong. So take out everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials, and put them to you so you will be able to stand up to everything the devil throws your way. This is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget (coughs) about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps. A life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. Wow, you didn't think the Christian life was like that, did you? But there we go. This is what it says in Scripture. This is what Satan is doing to us every day. And sometimes it's heated and we go through some trials. But this is why we need to keep strong. And he says, now be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. So take all the help you can get. Every weapon God is a shout, so that when it's all over but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. You know, learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. God's word is an indispensable weapon. In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. That's why I couldn't be... The triumphant and the... Tr- I had to pray. God, open my eyes to see who you are in all of this. I need to know you. I want to know more. Because I know you're greater than this. But at the moment, I'm struggling to see it. I'm really struggling to see who you are in the midst of all of this. Right? Pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up. So that no one falls behind or drops out. But can you see the what we're meant to wear? We're meant to be wearing love. We're meant to be ridding ourselves of, of anger and of malice. We're meant to be putting on these armors that we're going Because if you go in this fire and you're angry, I have to say, I think you'll stay in there longer. That's, that's what I'm saying. I think it lasts longer. So beware of what you're wearing. And one word of warning don't heat up the fire for anybody else. Don't be the cause of somebody else going into the fire. <coughs> don't be the gossip. Don't, don't wreck other people's reputations. Don't tempt other people. Don't do any of that. Because you re- we heard that when the men were going to throw them in, it was the flames that actually burnt them. They were killed. The soldiers that threw them in were killed. Sometimes there's a backlash. And, you know, the people who have been um, the cause of your pain, There's a backlash sometimes, and they're the ones who get hurt. So that's just a by-the-by. But now I want to see the outcome. I don't know if any of this is making sense. I feel as though I'm rambling, but I will carry on to the bitter end. Right, 25 to the end. It gets good at this point. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out. Come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. And the satraps, those are governors and counselors, they saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their head singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Was sent as angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut, oh dear, be cut into pieces (laughs) and their houses be turned into piles of rubble. We won't do that, for no other god can save in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the prowess of Babylon. What's the outcome of the fire then? Witness to the world and a promotion. See, we think (coughs) that the fire is a curse. It's actually, I wanted to use this phrase, not your problem, it's your provision. But I can't because it's shallow (laughs) Oh, when I heard that, I thought, that's what I want to name this message. But she's already done it, so I can't do it. But I think it's brilliant. It's not your problem. It's your provision. The fire isn't there to harm you. It's there to promote you into something. And every great man was. So no going to say The ties, they were bound. They're unbound coming out. It's there to break your ties. You are free. The fire frees you. You don't fear when the worst thing that's happened has happened. You tend not to fear much after that. When the thing that you thought, I'll never cope with that. When it happens, you think, I can cope. That's what Paul had learned. I can do anything through Christ who continually infuses me with strength. That's when you learn it. You learn it when that thing has happened and you have to live through it and say, God got me through it and I know he'll get me through the next one. And everyone was great there. Job, Job interceded for his children. It says he prayed for his children in case they had done anything. So Job was always a prayer. At the end of Job's life, after the trials, what you find is, Job's praying for his enemies. Job is praying for the friends who had turned on him and told him, this is all your fault. Job really knew what it was to be an intercessor. You're really an intercessor when you pray for your enemies, aren't you? That's intercession. So if you want to be, that's where you hone it. You hone it in the fire. Joseph. Joseph would have been given a dream that his brothers would bow down to him. Wow, it cost him. The anointing of God cost Joseph. He went from the pit to a prison, to the palace, to promotion, and then provider. Took 14 years. 14 years it took Joseph to get from the pit to the palace but he could then become a provider. And that dream came true, but it wasn't done. What did he say? What you meant for evil, God meant for good. Amen. He fed his family, therefore saved the whole nation of Israel to which Jesus was gonna come. So can you see that promotion comes from God? Then not come from us. Stop fighting for promotion. Stop fighting to be something that you want and you haven't yet arrived at. No, just worship God. Just go through the fire. That God promoted in his time. You know? Moses. Nobody had more complaints about his leadership than Moses. They seemed to complain from the minute they came out to the minute they went in. There was a constant mourning about his leadership. You know, they mourned about the way he had taken them, they mourned about the food, they mourned about the water, they mourned about everything. In the end, even his brother and sister turned against him. Even his brother and sister turned against him and they said but what they said is, we can lead as well as him. We should lead as well as him. God was so angry with them. So angry with them. That um, Miriam, can you imagine it though? It was Miriam who had put him in the bassinet and sent him down the river. She'd seen the miracle of Pharaoh rescuing him and all he'd become. Aaron was with him at the burning bush when God appeared. You know? And these are the people who are saying, no, no, we can lead as well as him. We can lead. God was so angry. But it was Moses who prayed for them. There's another one who, there's no room for revenge when you come through. He prayed for them. You know, oh, Lord, release Miriam. Because she was leprous outside. God made her leprous. So first of all, you pray for enemies. Can you imagine that? This fire makes you so gentle that you pray for the people who harmed you. Right? And he became the leader. What? Led the people into the promised land, even though he didn't see it himself. The promise of God was fulfilled. David, David was anointed as a small boy to be king, ignored by the family. It's only God who took any notice of him. But he'd learned to kill the lion and the bear when he was on his own. So when it comes to Goliath, and his brother turns to him and says, what are you doing here, you cocky brat? (laughs) Sometimes it's the members of your own family are going to call you cocky brats. Is the other ones who are going to be turning on you when God's anointed you. And what does he say? He went up and said, what have I done? What have I done? But it's David who slew Goliath. David who was a man after God's anointed. You can tear down those, <laughs> those um, giants that want to tear you to shreds. You know, you can do that. You can cut the head of the giant. But you've got to go through the fire of the bear and the lion first. Right? Daniel was thrown into the den of lions. Nineteen years it was, by the way, where David was kept. Saul chased him. Everybody was after him. Poor old David. Everybody was after him. I don't think he ever had a peaceful moment. He was a naughty boy at times, but, I mean, you know, it took nineteen years for him to get the kingdom. Nineteen years of being chased by Saul before he got the kingdom. Daniel was thrown. Why? Same reason as these three boys. You will not bow down. Wouldn't worship the gods. You can shut those lions, can't you? Can't you shut those people who are trying to rock your reputation and call you? You can shut the lion's mouths. You can do it. Hmm? But you can't be angry. You've got to do it God's way. See, we try to shut people in anger. We try to shut people up by judging them. <coughs> we try to shut people up by criticising them. We try to shut people up in all sorts of other ways. But actually, when you've gone through the fire, you'll discover there's only God can shut them up, actually. So you walk in his ways, and you watch God walk, work for you. That's been my experience. You can't do it in your strength or in the ways of the world. You have to wear the right clothes in order to be vindicated. God's not going to vindicate you when sometimes you're acting out worse than the people you're criticizing, if that makes any sense. Right? Paul... All have forsaken me, yet the Lord stays with me. All, everybody forsook. I do not want to be a Paul. Whipped, sometimes shipwrecked, I don't know how many times, beaten with rods, beaten with sticks. I don't know what all went wrong with Paul. Right? I don't want to be a Paul. But Paul wrote 30% of the New Testament, most of it from a prison cell. This is promotion, isn't it? And Jesus, can't you find another way? Can't you find another way? way, he says in Gethsemane Mm -hmm. rather than this way can't you find another way don't we ask God that, can't you find another way, can't it be done any differently do I have to go through this but Jesus saves all who come to him and we are being made into his image isn't that great so don't fear the fire is it pleasant No. will you enjoy it, oh no but the results, and you see, it needs, it needs to have hindsight, and that's why I'm telling people who sometimes are very young and don't understand it, but the results, if you let God work in you, the results, nothing, no reading of scripture, no prayer, no preaching, no fellowship, nothing can teach you about God, like the fire. Because I know. Do I look forward to the next one? Not in the slightest. I said, will I go through it with all joy? Very probably not. (laughs) Isn't it? Will I know Jesus is with me walking? For most of the time, perhaps. But I know when I come out of it. Now that (coughs) glass dark of Corinthians, I know it'll have been wiped a little cleaner. And I can see God more as He is than as I think He is. So don't fear the fire. It's there for your good. Not to harm you, but actually to make you like gold. He says, how long are you in the fire? Somebody asked. Till you see your face in you. Till God looks in and sees his face in you. Because gold, his, um, what's the word, tempered, what's the word, something in the fire, whatever it is in any case. And your faith has to be tried like gold. So that you come out with faith that's like pure gold. And that poor gold, God can see his image in. That's what the fire's for. Not to harm you. It's Not to harm you. It's there to build you up. It's there to make you the person you want to be, as well as the person God wants you to be. You know? And through it all, when my world caved in, he was saviour then. And he is still my saviour. Still.
2: (laughs) This message
0: was brought to you by ABC Church. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org, or search for us on Facebook or Twitter. You can also contact us by phone on zero one two six nine five nine six thousand.